You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Album Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post a- What up, Fran? What's up with you? We are just days removed from feasting, like like immortal gods. Yeah. On the day of thanks, you know, we we don't we don't uh. You don't have to call it what it is, you know, because, you know, it has some negative connotations. But it's a good day to be with family. <laughs> and then, and then, and, yeah, uh, people still say it, though. Yeah, well, it was Thanksgiving, man. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, so um, first of all, please, you know, give me a rundown. How was your Thanksgiving? Did you get all the things that you wanted to get? Were there was the food that you desired at all the houses that you stopped by and all that? Yeah, man. Long as, as long as the, the cranberry sauce and the, uh, the stuffing and the nog, I'm good, man. Well, okay. And a uh, sweet potato pie. I love sweet potato pie, yes, of sweet course. But then there's some banana pudding in the fridge as well. Oh, I will be. Yeah, set, some set, you some aside. Yes. set you some aside. Appreciate that. that. Uh, before we go any further, I need to uh, put down their holy doctrine um, just to let people know. You're hearing this on a Monday. So if you heard this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so please sit back and listen to the holy doctrine from uh, Father Plies. I'm going to go ahead and explain to some of y'all what I just had to tell my mama. Because some of y'all don't think you pulled to throw the leftovers away. At some point, the leftovers got an expiration date on them. It's a cap on the leftovers. You just can't keep eating them leftovers as long as you want to, man. Some of y'all might want to write this down because I'm going to give you the calendar and the itinerary for these leftovers. You cooked the food on Wednesday night. Thursday, you ate the food. Friday, that when it was his best. Oh, thank you. Saturday, you're pushing it. Where's it, dude? Sunday, ain't no more uh, leftovers. Florida? Man. I think Florida. That Monday, with that? you're tripping. Tuesday, your ass getting worms if you still eating them leftovers. Wednesday, hospital. <laughs> Thursday, dead. That's just the bottom line for these leftovers. Because some of y'all think you can just eat the leftovers how long you want to eat them. It don't work like that with the leftovers, man. It's an expiration date on them leftovers. Keep them for a couple days and get them out your refrigerator. Give it up for the uh, Father Plies one time. Uh, a busted baby himself. You know, a <laughs> uh, but uh, like Plies said... If you're listening to this on a Monday, if you're taking those leftovers to lunch, you're pushing it, okay? Pushing it a little bit, but I'll get, my, me personally, I'll give you a little bit of leeway on Monday. But if you make it to the next I think Thursday- it's, 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 It'd be two days, bro. Oh, no, I agree. Yeah. I, I, I thought you were going to- You know, I'm surprised, actually, on your stance. I thought you were going to say, you know, man, I might be on it still till the next Tuesday or something like that. Well, I don't like- You're I'm saying not, the weekend. I'm, yeah, I think it'd be too, I'm not a fan of leftovers of anything, but- <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're over it by you're over it by Saturday. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much same, honestly. I mean, listen, we all know Thanksgiving food is yeah. like tradition and everything like that. But like, it's good to have it on that night and then yeah. you know get it out of your house the next day. You know, yes, you, you gotta you're eating it now as like a chore. Yeah, that fr- for me, this is how it works for me. Thursday, oh, I'm going to town. Three plates, dessert. Oh, I'm in pain. <laughs> Friday now it's like Coma. work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, the sleep that night is immaculate. Yeah, you're hurt, you're in pain. Yeah. <laughs> Friday is like work. You're like, oh, man, we still got a little corner of the macaroni and cheese left. A little bit. Of, let's get it out of here. Saturday is like a little special treat. Yeah. Go, I'm 
Now you start getting creative. Make a sandwich. Make a leftover sandwich. I, th- I think Friday is that. I think the excitement, the level of excitement is still there. Yeah, Friday, no, no. Th- you wake okay. up like, mm. uh, Yeah, you, know, you wake up early, yeah. macaroni and cheese at yes. 9 o'clock in the morning. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. That's true. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Saturday is where it now turns yeah. into like, all right, well. We start making, like you say, creative, start making sandwiches. Yeah, making sandwiches, <laughs> taking the macaroni and cheese and, and making omelets and all this stuff. <laughs> is making turkey, meat, omelets yeah. and stuff. That's when you're getting creative. That's Saturday. Yeah. Sunday, you should be like sc- starting to scrape stuff into the trash can. Like, ah, we're not going to eat the sauerkraut. Yeah. You shouldn't be forcing yourself to eat stuff. Now, again, I'm not judging people. If you make it to Monday and, you know, your significant other makes you a little, you know, doggy bag <laughs> with, with some, some, some uh, Thanksgiving food in it, I'm not here to judge. Yeah. But now it's a, now you're putting your health at risk. Now it's not just, like, boring and, like, oh, you're eating the same stuff. Now it's, like, that stuff is starting to congeal. <laughs> yeah. You open mashed potatoes up, it's, like, weird, like, film on the layer. Like, it stuff has layers on it now. Yeah. Like, the sweet potatoes have, like, the fat that started to rise and it's, it's just stuff starting to look weird. Mm-hmm. So Monday for me is like done. If you go anywhere past that, like Ply said, you are risking your health, <laughs> and it's and, and and you should stop. But for me personally, I'm usually done around Saturday. Yeah, I think you you could you would agree with yes. that. Maybe again Sunday you might have a little piece of sweet potato pie left, something like that. You yeah, might a little, little treat, little, little treat, yeah, little treat. But, but if, if you, you have a like full plate, plate, yeah, on a Sunday, in, yeah, come on, bro, that's crazy. You got the mashed potatoes, the sweet potatoes, the <laughs> macaroni and cheese, turkey meat left, yeah. gravy. Or, no, like it's like Thanksgiving. Like it's still Thanksgiving, yeah. bro. You can't listen. You can't. You can't go back in time. No, you gotta look forward in life. You can't be looking back over yeah. trying to recreate Thursday. It's not gonna happen again, man. Rolls is hard now. The rolls can't. <laughs> you can, the microwave can re- nah. refresh the rolls. Nah. They were the most freshest they're gonna be on that Thursday morning. You know when you, when they come out of the oven. That butter butter's not gonna butter the same <laughs> on Sunday as it did on Thursday. Yeah, man. So stop living in the past. Stop living in the past. Now speaking of friend, um, I have a controversy. I don't. I want you to calm down. I want you to I want, before Me? I get into yeah. Before I get into it, I want you to just, <laughs> I just want you to prepare yourself because I'm. I might cross some lines, but it's it's all meant out of love. But okay. my heart, my heart is broken. Okay. So I was having a discussion with a friend recently about like the best trash pizza. Trash the as best. As far as like you know, you can get it quick. Come to your house. Pizza. You know, uh, uh, Domino's, yeah, uh, yeah. Papa John's. You know, like you know, not gourmet. Fan, but the the, the go tos. Yeah. Right. And we got to. I started. We doing a little ranking. Mm. Right. And I said, well, I, I kind of, I think Chuck E. Cheese is kind of up there as far as like, you know, a shitty pizza, but it's good. Yeah, it's delicious. Friend hits me with a conspiracy theory mm-hmm. that I'd never heard before. After an exhaustive Google search, I think it's true, bro. So we're having a discussion. I bring up a, a, a Chuck E. Cheese. She goes, well, yeah, but you know about the Chuck E. Cheese, you know, the conspiracy theory, right? I go, whatever do you mean? She pulls it up. Bro, the conspiracy on Chuck E. Cheese is that they recycle the slices. The pizza. The pizza slices. Mm. So and and if you so basically what, what the conspiracy is is that Chuck E. Cheese, if you go to Chuck E. Cheese right now, mm. you go bring your kids there, you guys mm. order, you know, four cheese pizzas. Yeah. If you don't don't finish the cheese pizza, they take the pizza back in the back and make a Frankenstein pizza <laughs> out of the slices. So they'll add it. So if somebody wants a half cheese, half pepperoni, yeah. they'll take six of your cheeses that you didn't finish, put them with six pepperonis that somebody else didn't finish. And that's <laughs> why they, the, if you if you look and you Google this, yeah. you'll find a bunch of pictures of Chuck E. Cheese pizzas that are uneven. The slice, you know, when you slice mm. a pizza, you slice it's, you, the slicer, you slice it all at the same yeah, time. Yeah. So it shouldn't be this much like irregularity in the pizza slices. Yeah, that's but foul. you'll see short pizza slices, long pizza slices, pizza slices that are like only like a quarter inch long, like mm. weird. Like, wow, who's this for? Like, it's weirdly sliced pizza right here. And there's so many videos and pictures of it online 
that I'm inclined to believe it because what's the knock on Chuck E. Cheese all the time? It's a place where divorced dads go to take their kids so they will leave them alone for a couple hours, right? It's like a, it's like just like, it's just like a, it's like an effortless place. It's just like, well, just that's an analogy, but I'm just saying, like, Chuck E. Cheese is like an effortless (laughs) place. You just go and just let your kids release them into the wild. Kids shit in the little ball pit. They don't even have those anymore. anymore. But when they did, when I was a kid, yeah. kids shit all yeah, in the, in the shit, yeah. oh yeah, in the, in the slides and mm-hmm. the, woohoo, here we go! All the noises that the things make, kids' feet, the whole thing smells like feet. It's a <laughs> it's a disgusting place. It's a, everything has coughs on it and spits on it. Yeah. It's a it's a gross place. It's fun, so why yo, yo I had a ball? I had some of the best times of my life at Chuck E. Cheese. But why wouldn't that a place like that? Why wouldn't this rumor be true? Is my thing. Is like I love Chuck E. Cheese pizza, but it's like. Yeah, that totally makes sense. It's kind of a dirtbag place. Why wouldn't they take the cheese pizzas or the pepperoni pizzas, take them in the back? Like, yeah, nobody touched these. Nobody ate these. Put them on a, a rack, with, a fresh rack with some other slices that we Frankenstein together and make a, a, a new pie and then yeah. take that out to another family. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I don't believe that. We're going to take a second. I'm going to do some googs. Okay, here we go, Fran. I'm just going to take you through a journey. First of all, here's the first example. Okay. If that all came from one pe- from one pepperoni pizza, why is there that much irregularity in the way the slices are cut? Mm-hmm. Right? We're going to move on to the next another example. That's pretty weird. Don't even line up. None of the slices are lined up. Okay. Another weird example of that. These are all different pictures. Um, here's another example. Why is this one? That's why is there a gap in the crust there? <laughs> That's a strange yeah. one right there, huh? And also, again, not lined up. Uh, here was a here's a blaring one. This is a fully pepperoni pizza. Mm-hmm. The whole thing's pepperoni. It's not even half and half. Not that that would make any difference because again, even if it was half and half, it's still supposed to be cooked in the same oven. It's the same pizza. Yeah. You just don't put pepperonis on one side. It's not two different pizzas put together. Yeah. So this is all pepperoni pizza, and look at the irregularity in this. I see that. They're not even lining up in the middle. Yeah. There's no lineup. It's foul for customers, but I think it's a pretty sound way to run business. <laughs> <laughs> pizza's Cut already cost. the most cheap food in the world, man. Cut you cost. shouldn't need to be cutting corners on the pizza. Pizza's so cheap already. That's crazy. You got a capitalist friend here, man. It, People giving you- They're not out. cutting corners, though. They're cutting slices. They are cutting slices yeah. in, in all kind of ways, different yeah. variables of different slices and everything. I never, I never, I'm better now. I'm a, now it has my attention. Now, next time now you go, look, pay I'm attention, look. man. Yeah. Like, I'm going to still eat it, but I'm going to look. I'm, I'm going to still eat it too. Don't yeah. get it twisted. I'm going to devour some Chuck E. Cheese Absolutely. pizza, but I'm going to be a conscious of, oh, this might be like several different pizzas made up to That's be crazy, a, Avengers pizza. And stuff like this, I, I would like to find in all kinds of different, like, different restaurants, restaurants and shit like that. Yeah, the little cheats that they do. Oh, like, yeah, like, yeah. Cause I never heard it until you just brought it up. That's I never heard of it either. And uh, my friend brought it up. Like That's you know, wild. you know about that, right? I was like, N- I've never heard of that in my life. I love Chuck E. Cheese pizza. I didn't think that they were. That's crazy. Putting a bunch of pizzas that people don't finish together to make another pizza to serve to some new family that comes in. Yeah. Some dad that has his kid for the weekend is like, fucking go play some games. I don't know. Go. And, I don't know. I'll be over here drinking beer. And so I didn't think of it that way. But now, I mean, seeing evidence like this is like, why wouldn't the pizza line up? It's all the same pizza. Why would the prices be shorter? So the whole pizza is just, it's all random slices. It's all slices from other unfinished pizzas. That's the, that's the conspiracy. This is, I'm not saying this is facts. Right, right, right. But the conspiracy is that they take, like, you know, you guys come, you have a party, you're there for two hours. Yeah, yeah. You got, you know, when people go to Chuck E. Cheese, they get like 10 pizzas. Right. Don't might finish not finish them. Right. They take the slices in the back, you know, look at the ones that aren't eaten, bitten on and stuff, pepperonis picked off. They put those on the side and then re-rack them, basically. No way they're doing that. <laughs> no way. <laughs> that's the conspiracy, no. man. That's, that's, that's like the it theory takes too is. Much time. No way. What do you mean it takes too much time to put pizza in a circle? <laughs> they don't do a good job if it's true. Look at how bad it is. Look, it's, no not like, it's not like they're doing a good job no. of hiding it. No way they like 
blatantly bring that out and go like, here you go. Mm, that's but you think it's you Chuck E. Cheese, the bro. They don't, they don't bring it out like who wants. They go bang. They just throw it on the table. Eat, <laughs> no, they eat the food. No, they don't. Animals. Stop. That's why they treat you Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> they don't treat you with respect Stop. at Chuck E. Cheese. Don't do that. Who wants to a fucking piece of bang? <laughs> throw it down. Want some tokens? Bling, throw tokens on the table and they just walk away. It's like you're at fucking uh, Dick's Last Resort, the restaurant where they insult you. That's how Chuck E. Cheese is to me. That's how I remember it. Uh, no. Like, excuse me, um, do you guys have any uh, crushed red pepper flakes? Fuck off. Like, oh, all right. <laughs> no, they <no, you> don't. <laughs> you guys have any par- Parmesan in the bag and Parmesan? They're like, uh, no, you can like, spit on you. <laughs> no, <"Tool." laughs> That's the Chuck E. Cheese. I, that's my neighborhood Chuck E. Cheese that I grew up in. In the ghetto, yeah. <laughs> you, never, you never been spat on by Chuck E. You never been spat on by Chuck E.? No. Like, I love you, Chuck E. No. Okay, but you hear him in the suit like, hey, man, get the fuck off. Yeah. Man. I remember those days. Voices coming out of the rat head. Nasty, yeah. mean. Yeah, nah, not the one I go to. No. Here you go. The suburban, the suburban one. <laughs> you know the one we been to. Yeah, that's, tar- that's the target yeah. Chuck E. Cheese. No, that, that, I, I used to go to the Walmart Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Me too. Yes. <Yeah>, Stinks. <laughs> yeah, place they never clean. I remember those days. It was fun, though. Somehow. Times, somehow, good times, <laughs> man. The, rope, the animatronic band was broken all the time. Terrifying. Yeah, oh, man. The show stops and they just stare at you and still the eyes blinking. Yeah. This is craziness, man. But no, that's the, that's the conspiracy. <laughs> I just wanted to bring that to people's attention because I had never heard it before. Me either. That's crazy. And now it's all I can think about whenever I think about Chuck E. Cheese. You know, it's wow. like, you know. They recycle the slices. Recycle the slices, possibly, allegedly, hmm. you know. But, you know, while that is just a rumor, that would be fucking crazy, right? Yeah. But also, at the same time. What about the salads? What about Ooh, the salad don't even, let's not even Let's not even go there. Also, I didn't even. That, is that a thing? You know something? Yeah, have that. The Chuck E. Cheese I grew up at. Did <laughs> it? So when we went for your kid's birthday, I wasn't even looking. I didn't even know that they yeah, had yeah, a salad that, bar. Yeah, 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 I wasn't yeah, looking what? for one. Yeah. It was a salad bar. I wasn't looking for one of those. It would be gross. Yeah. It would be so uh, gross. Bacon bits and like, you know, iceberg lettuce that's brown. <laughs> I would I wouldn't have high expectations iceberg for a Chuck E. I wouldn't have high expectations for a Chuck E. Cheese. It's like all it's like all a bunch of lettuce that they put on uh, Chick-fil-A. I mean, uh, First of all, no. McChickens. Uh, 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 don't don't iceberg lettuce. It's just a thing like, of shredded lettuce that you put on sandwiches. They're like, make a salad of this. Just big iceberg lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> iceberg lettuce is cool, that. I guess. Don't, I don't know. Don't I didn't mean it to be disrespectful. Don't get all bougie now. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. It just doesn't have any nutritional value, iceberg man. Iceberg lettuce is classic. It's classic. It's classic in fucking McDonald's salads. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fast food classic, man. You need to, you know, get you some, get you some fucking baby spinach. You know, some arugula. Let's change it up. Let's 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 let it's giving. Let's give us. Let's no, give. That was that was a salad back in the day. Right? The iceberg salad, salad with bacon iceberg. bits and yeah, and a, oil, a boiled egg. Some hot ass croutons. Yeah, it's some croutons, croutons, bro. Oh, you live in that crouton life. You got to change up, bro. Leave croutons in twenty twenty two, bro. If you still putting croutons on your salad, let's step our game. Let's make spy croutons oh, on there. Hey, nothing should be that crunchy in the world. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Sucking on the croutons. <laughs> Moisten in the crew, moisten in the crew. It's crazy. <laughs> nah, that's sick. Nah, sucking on the croutons is the sickest shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, moisten up the crouton is nasty. Right. That's nasty behavior, bro. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so no, that was just a conspiracy I wanted uh, to bring to people's attention. Uh, again, I'm a casual conspiracy uh, consumer. I keep it light. I keep it fun. I don't go into the dark territories. That's a new one, though, man. That's a new one for yeah. me. And I and and again, it, I think it falls into the realm of like, why wouldn't this be true? Possibly true. I don't know. I wouldn't call it like no. it's not a mermaid level conspiracy where it's like, all right, man, it's just crazy. Like that's just not true. Uh, per, Have a they bit, been doing it for years? I don't. They, it's, they, cl- it's, they, it's, close, they close. They all close in. 
a lot of Chuck E. Cheese. They might have got hit. They might have so, got found out. So Secret Shopper. Secret Shopper might have found you, out. Man, they know they close. They cutting corners, man. They trying to save some uh, bread. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, again, this is all a, a theory, so I don't even want to say how long they've been. It's, it's not verified. It probably. Let's say. It probably isn't true because I don't want to yeah. be the. They try to save their company by suing us. <laughs> like, yeah. Try to bring us some revenue by suing this uh, fledgling podcast. Uh, so don't. Let's say oh, this is alleged and uh, a conspiracy, crazy internet talk. And I don't know any of this to be true. But if it was true, I wouldn't have any details like how long they've been doing it for. But it was just a conspiracy I wanted to bring to people's attention because it was like it's like a funny one. It's a lighthearted funny one. I like funny conspiracies where you can laugh about them. Yeah. Uh, on a on a more serious note, far you know, way serious. Um, there was a shooting in Colorado. We just this this is coming off the heels where we did our town hall where we spoke to people in the LGBTQ community and um, just kind of wanted to learn from them what allyship looks like to them for them. And uh, in Colorado, there was a shooting at this club uh, called Club Q. I will not be mentioning the shooter's name because I'm done doing that. Mm. I don't these people. That's what they want, whether it's subliminally or you know, or, or straight up overtly, they want the attention. And so I'm not going to do that. What I'm going to do instead is, uh, you know, say the club Q was a place that it wasn't just a club. It was like a home for people in the community and, and you know, who are from the LGBTQ community. They've, it was like a second home to them. They, f- they felt like they could find, you know, friendship and community there. And this person came and tried to break that. I don't think that he will succeed in that. I think that the community will come back stronger than ever. I want to say rest in peace to, Daniel Aston, Derek Rump, Kelly Loving, Ashley Paw, and Raymond Vance. 17 other people were wounded in his shooting. Mm. And one thing I'll say again, I'm not mentioning his name, but they ended, they, I called you about this because shit yeah. pissed me off, but they, they went, a news crew went to his house and interviewed his dad. And his dad, the first thing his dad said was, yeah, when I heard that my and it's clearly I'm not this is no his dad didn't do anything except raise a kid. Terribly. Did he kill himself? I don't I don't think I heard that. The okay. dad or the son? No, 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 the son. No, he got apprehended by a drag queen and a police officer. Wow. Yeah, they beat him up and arrested him. Uh but uh the dad, clearly something wrong with him. So I'm I don't know if there's something wrong with this shooter as well, but clearly the dad is off in some kind of way. He has some kind of developmental problems. But either way, it's no excuse for being a racist piece of shit yeah. or a homophobic piece of shit either. Um, the dad, he gets, you know, the news crew comes up there super casual. He's like, yeah, did you hear about what your son did? He goes, yeah. I mean, the first thing I heard when I, the first thing I thought when I heard that he was at a gay club was like, what the hell is he doing at a gay club? That was his first thought was mm-hmm. like, is my son gay? Cause ill. Then I heard he shot some people at the gay club and I went, oh man, that's crazy. But you know, well, that, you know, at least he's not at the gay, you know, at the gay club. Yeah. That was the first thing he thought. And when I saw that, I went, wow, man, like. Having kids is such a responsibility. Yeah. Because they got to grow up and go out into society and be either shitty adults or, or uh, okay adults or productive adults, well-adjusted adults. That's up to you. And that stuff's irreversible. Mm. This guy was 22 years old yeah. and had that much hate in his heart. And it didn't come from nowhere. It was taught. Yep. He heard it every day. His dad talking about how the gay people, the agendas, all this stuff that we're hearing is why it's so dangerous when you hear it about Jewish people, when you hear it about any community, oh, the gay people run Hollywood, Jewish people run Hollywood, the, the agendas, I can't even turn the TV on. These things seep into people, mm. and they they twist your mind and, and your way of thinking and how you see the world. And this shooter, clearly a victim of that. I'm, I know it's not a time for empathy for this person, but this is a person who was ruined by his dad. Yeah, Maybe his mom didn't see his mom. Don't, didn't, they didn't interview his mom. I didn't see the interview with the mom. But if that's the person whose tree you came from, the kid never had a chance. 
Um, and I think that that's really sad. So, and obviously it's sad that five people are dead and 70 people are wounded and that's fucking tragic. But, yeah. you know, this all falls to the feet of, of a parent. At the yeah, end of man. Day. So this is a message to parents out there, man. I'm not telling anybody how to run your household, but, you know, hate is taught. That doesn't just come out of nowhere. Kids don't just learn to hate gay people or Jewish people or yeah. black people or whatever. It's taught. Whether it's overt or covert, kids pick up on all that stuff, you know? So if you don't think you're racist, but you just, yeah, I don't really like Asian people. I just don't like how they do business. Mm-hmm. Your, your actions and your words, are you're passing those down to your children, you know? So just be conscious of, of those things because kids are sponges. From what I hear, I don't have. Yeah. but you you they know, are, man. They, you know, they pick up on everything. Are, just, kids curse by accident. You might say a curse word, and kid just gets stuck in your kid's head. You know? Yeah, Max, he does it all the time. You know, he uh, now because like he does. It's just just speaking on this. I mean, like if his if his dad ruined, you know, just kind of like brainwashed him as he yeah. was growing up. You don't just pick up on that stuff and it keeps with you just from one time. No, no, no. That's that's not what happens. This is that's probably something that was going Constant. on in the household constantly, all the time. Looking at news, you know. You know People just most older people usually just watch mm-hmm. news and everything, but so he probably just you know just saying drinking a beer, just saying crazy, and the sun yep. walk past. And it's like he don't even know that it's seeping in. It's seeping in. Yep. It's just something he hears all the time. And as you grow up, and then you do something crazy like this, he's not. He's definitely not gonna come out and say, you know, I learned this from my dad. No, definitely not gonna do that. But information become and that interview, you go like, oh, he that's where he got it from. Yeah, that's where it stemmed from. He got it from at this dad. point. That shooter. Holy believes, and it's true. He's he's an adult. Holy believes that he hates gay people and is disgusted by them, and yeah. they needed to be out of my town. But he doesn't even know that it was given to him. That was right. the gift his right. dad gave him. He can't yeah. even really like, like you know, uh, articulate that. He right. just is like, I don't. I just hate him. Why? Right. Why? If somebody asks why, I don't know, man. Just yeah. gross. Right. Just they, no reasons. There's no reason or ideology behind. It. Just I don't know, man. I just don't like it. Ew, it's just nasty. Yeah. Can't even tell you why, you know, because it was just given. It was just a gift. It was a gift from his dad. Yeah. So, you know, again, rest in peace to Daniel Aston, Derek Rump, Kelly Loving, Ashley Paul and Raymond Vance, man. Is you know, just people going out again, people going out to go have a good time. You know? Yeah, man. It's we, like the Shanquilla Robinson story. It's like I just it, it, it's like we live in this world now where you have to second guess fun. everything. Yeah. You know, Everything. like you have to second guess going out and just living life. But we've gotten so numb to it now. At this point, it's just like we grieve over, it and then it's like, all right, well, we just yeah, move on, move on until the yeah. next one happens, and then we do the same thing over again. Yeah, it's really sad. It's really sad that that's the reality that we live in. But it it is it is the reality that we live in. You know, like this will this happened in Orlando, Florida, a few years ago at Pulse nightclub. This exact same thing. It was a gay club shot up by some. I don't know, maniac yeah. who hated gay people or whatever his reasoning was. I don't, you know, I can't remember if that was specifically categorized as a hate crime, but it feels like it you probably know, But was. you know what's crazy though? Now I think about it, it's like, imagine, you know, 10 to 15 years from now and is is there a poll that does like, uh, of like ways that people die? Is there like a poll? Like most that? common ways yeah, that people like, die? Yeah, I've, I've and, read some studies about and that. And it's like a mass shooting will be like, it's probably how on the list. It's probably how on the list now. That's crazy. You know, I, you know. At least it feels that way. I don't know what category is categorized as a mass shooting, but I feel like right. I read stories of like seven people being shot at least once a month. That happens. But that's wild though. Like, that's insane. how this person do? Oh, mass shooting. Yeah. Like that's 
just a casualty in a in a, a, crazy. a an aimless like shooting. That's normal now. Yeah, that's like wow. It's like a re, it's a real thought you have to have when you go to a festival, Every, or a everywhere. market, or a grocery store, or a club. It's 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 really fucking sad, man. Yeah, you know. And now it's Christmas time. Yeah, you know, all kind of outdoor events and stuff. It just it makes you it makes you leery to be like, do I want to go to a tree lighting or, you know, yeah, go see the lights? You know, it's it's, it's like because those type of environments they're target zones yeah where are people gonna be at yep you know so it's fucking weird times man but that was really sad and just you know coming again coming off the heels of the episode we did it's like um i ask again like what does allyship look like to you know people of that community and how can we be a, a shoulder or or or, or a, a, of help or aid of any kind in a situation like this i mean this isn't a situation that's like applicable to everyday life but violence on this community is and what is what does help look like what do you what do you need maybe you don't need anything like i don't know so that's just you know that was the point of that episode and now i'm looking for answers even more so you know rest in peace to those people man it was really fucked up but anywho we're gonna move on and uh get into these patreon shout outs before we take a quick break oh yeah folks it is time for some Patreon shoutouts. Once again, thank you all for the support over there on Patreon or in any way that you support, whether it's buying a shirt or a mug or, or a, we have long sleeve tees at the moment that are out there somewhere. Links are going to be available in the description, I think. Uh, but, you know, any support that you guys can give is greatly appreciated. Uh, we're going to kick things off with a big shout out to one Claire H. Shout out to you, Claire H. Thank you for the support. You are an awesome person. and I hope you enjoyed turkey or whatever you ate over the past you know week or so uh, up next we got a shout out to uh walk uh I took the walk to poland friend i don't know uh, uh <laughs> o-u-a-c shout out to you i don't know what that stands for if that's an acronym or if that's your name if that's your name salute i don't know if i'm saying it wrong i apologize but shout out to you up next we got a shout out to marissa s shout out to marissa s uh much love thank you for the support uh you know hope you're enjoying the content over there and we appreciate you greatly up next we got michaela double you shout out to michaela michaela sent us a, a message friend saying like this is how you say my name as if i don't know how to say michaela you know what i mean michaela's i grew up with a gang of them <laughs> but that doesn't make you not unique michaela and shout out to you up next we got ivp shout out to ivp more like MVP, am I right, friend? Up yeah, top. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, sorry. Oh, damn. Uh, uh, yeah. Up next, we got <laughs> Megan McCain. No, uh, it's actually uh, Megan M. Shout out to Megan M. Uh, much love and appreciation. It's not Megan McCain, friend. Um, she's not. She wouldn't like this podcast. But shout out to you, Megan. Thank you for the sh- uh, for the love, and hope you're enjoying these holidays of whatever denomination that you uh, celebrate. Um, anyway, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back. Fran's going to get into some fucked up shit, I believe. Is it you? I don't know. We'll we'll figure that out on the break. One of us is going to get into some fucked up shit, so stick around. Welcome back. It's my turn to go. Actually, I'm going first this week. My affirmative murder this week is about Daryl Lenny Mack. It's from from where you grew up. You grew up in uh, Reno, Las Vegas? I did not grow up in (laughs) Reno, Las Vegas. No, I lived in... Las Vegas. First of all, no. Reno, Nevada. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I didn't grow up it's there. It's all the I, same place. It's not. It's not? No. Reno is like um, store brand Las Vegas. You know? Don't be disrespectful. Don't come uh, on and disrespect in Reno like that. Man. Have you ever? You've never been to Reno. 
No? It's not a great place. It's not? No, it's like it's like shitty Vegas. It's shitty Vegas. It's like small Vegas. You know how there's like King's Dominion and then there's like your local carnival? Yeah. Or local fair? It's like that? It's like that. It's a small How far Vegas. is it away from Vegas? Probably like two hours, something like that. Oh, I understand. Maybe even less than that. I've never been. You've never been there? Why would I go to Reno when I could go to Las Vegas? I don't know. Cause maybe it has a different vibe there, man. It's a different vibe that I don't want to experience. Yeah, it is a different vibe. It is a different vibe? It is a different vibe. It's like it's probably lit. all the stuff that happens in Las Vegas from like two to four in the worst possible ways, like alleyways and dark <laughs> shit. That's Reno all day. Mm. So all the worst shit where you're like, oh, the vibe. I don't like this hotel. Like all the hotels that like I tell you to stay away from like the yeah. Luxor and shit like that. It's like it's all the Luxor. It's all like shitty magicians and like ad, like com- comedic acts that don't do well in Las Vegas. They all go to Reno. Somebody gonna come. Somebody gonna message you, man. I'm sure. Like yeah, I have, you know, I live in Reno, Nevada. I'm like, well, I'm sorry for many reasons. Don't I ain't message me. If you never been though, I know enough. Yeah, but you never been though. That's fair. You know what? Reno's probably a great place. Let's move on. Probably is. You're right. You can't my bad. Hey, you know what? I'm sure you know what? I'm. You know what? That's my next vacation spot. Let me go to Reno <laughs> next. You, you convinced me. All right. So Daryl Lenny Mack, on April eighth, nineteen ninety four, the body of thirty five year old Kim Parks was found in a motel room in Reno. Mm. By a maid. Parks was a sex worker in downtown Reno, and Mac was her pimp. Oh. And this was according to police. Yeah. So Mac helped Parks move from one hotel to another and was expected to receive money that she had earned. Yeah. He became angry when she refused to hand the money over that he was supposed to get. You know how these transactions work? It's such a weird, I've seen so many like, I've, I've been meaning to turn you on to this for years, but it's probably not up your alley, but it's this YouTube channel called Soft White Underbelly. Software Underbelly? Soft White. Soft White Underbelly. underbelly. Okay. And this guy interviews people from inbred people and people, sex workers and pimps. And, stuff. and like he's interviewed several pimps and the but are psychological they like, are manipulation. They like, are they pimps like you see on TV? Like they got like crazy clothes on. Yeah, that's what a pimp is. And they got like jewelry. That's what a pimp is. They Whatever all, your Don, Bishop Don Magic Juan <laughs> is a pimp. He's like a that? real pimp. But these are awful people though. But I'm just saying like, yeah, no, whatever you're thinking of in your mind. Yeah. That's what they are. Yeah. They were, but like. They had a cane. Yes. With the jewels on it. All paid for by these women. I find that fascinating. They, they psychologically manipulate them and they go, you can't manage your own money and you need protection. So any money that you make, I'm like a bank. This yeah. is how they manipulate yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, And also they beat them in all kind of horrible stuff. Right. So this woman obviously is like, I'm not being able to eat or do anything because I give you all my money. I want my money. And he's like, no, you give me the money and I give you 10% of your own money, mm-hmm. even though you're doing all the acts. And this is why sex work should be legalized so that it will eliminate pimps. If a woman could just like do sex work out of her house or even at like, I always, th- in my mind, like I've never been to Amsterdam, but I feel like Amsterdam is from what I hear is like how when you go get your haircut, if they have like those barber salons where you go in, it's like, Everybody has their own pod. Yeah. And it's like five, it's like 50 different barbershops like and suite. one, yeah, like and salons. Yeah. And, yeah. That's how sex work should be. You should be able to go to a place, professional, you go, person at the countertop, you give them your idea or whatever, and you go, I want to see uh, uh, Keisha. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and you pay and you can pay with credit card and stuff. And then this woman could go and go to her car at night and be fine. And it's not like some seedy thing. Mm-hmm. But because it is that, they need protection. And then they're, they fall victim to these men who are taking advantage of them. I'm surprised they don't use another name, like a modern, more modern name. For what? For, for, then I know, right? Like, <laughs> you know, they have sex work. There's no, like, word for that. Yeah. 
But I, like I don't think there should be because you want to call it for what it is because these people right. are scumbags. Yeah, so you yeah, shouldn't yeah, want to try to like soften it. True. I get that. Like, I'm like a business a liaison. Like, it's so like. It's comical. Yeah. yeah it's like, a, it's like a, it brings up all these like jokes and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. it's like it, they are really awful people, pimps. But anyway. I, just, I just don't like the name. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So he became angry when, you know, he didn't get his money that, you know, that whole transaction of, you know, he takes what she earns mm-hmm. and then give her some percentage of whatever she makes. Uh, so he became angry over that. And that was according to court records. And Mac told police he had backhanded parks, mm. which drew some blood, took the money and left. This is what this is what he told police. Yeah. Right? But the prosecutor said that Mac wrapped the women's bra around her neck mm. and strangled her. Then he took her money and then and left. left. Mm. The judge and Mac's bench trial agreed, found him guilty, and sentenced him to life in prison without parole. So the autopsy determined that she had been killed on April 7th, mm-hmm. and an employee of the motel reported to police that they had seen Parks and Mac at the hotel together. And through a seizure order, police took a sample of Mac's blood, which matched the blood from the crime scene, and Mac was arrested and charged with murder. Mm. So then Chief Deputy District Attorney David Stanton had argued strongly for the, for the life term, saying Mac was a hopeless criminal with, with 20, 20 adult arrests and 14 convictions, mm. six of which were felonies. And he said that, quote, he was a cold-blooded, premeditated murderer, thief, pimp, and drug addict. That's what he said at the sentencing hearing. Yeah. But Mac told the judge that Parks had been his friend and he would never hurt her. But his his whole thing that he admitted to was like, I smacked her in the face and took her money, but I didn't kill her. Yeah. So that's... That, he said that was, you know, that was his friend. He would never hurt her. Yeah. But you admitted, like, right. even right. if you that was a lie because you killed her, but you were saying, like, I smacked her in her face and took her money. Yeah, but I w- she's my friend. I would never hurt her. Though. Yeah, I wouldn't kill her. Listen to this part. He said, "This terrible atrocity had been committed by a a necro a necrophilic necrophilic killer, not by a thief or a burglar like myself." So he, <laughs> so he so said, "Listen, I'm a piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit. But I didn't do. But this. I ain't that. I ain't that much of a piece of shit. Okay, I'm a I'm a thief. Yeah, and everything. But you know, it's an interesting I'm not defense. A it's an interesting defense." So Daryl Lenny Mack was serving life in prison for that strangulation killing of Kim Parks in 1994. Yes. So on the night of October 28th in 1988, Betty May was found dead in her, in her basement room at a boarding house in Reno. Stephen Floyd lived in a house next door with the managers um, of the boarding house. Mm-hmm. Jim and Kelly Bass, I'm sorry. Floyd, we know who was the neighbor, yes, had been drinking at a nearby bar that night and was returning home to try to borrow some money. Mm. Oh, crazy! Yeah, which is wild for you to go out and drink. Like, I need some more money to drink. Yeah, I'm gonna just go ask somebody. <laughs> yeah, so he's returning home to try to get some borrow, try to borrow some money. He knew May, and saw that her light was on, so he went to her room to ask for money. So it's like a Hey Arnold type of situation, like a boarding house, like everybody, everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So he knocked on the door. He knocked on her door, which was slightly open, mm. but there was no response. He opened the door and saw May kneeling by her bed with her upper body face down on the bed. Oh. He turned her over, which is like, don't touch Don't him. touch. Don't touch. He turned her over and realized that she was dead. Mm. Floyd immediately went home into his room yeah. um, and told you know, the managers and also called the police. 
That's a scary sight. It's crazy, you know, and, and when you see, um, like, in movies or, like, TV shows or anything like that, it's always, like, people, especially if it's, like, a black guy and a white woman, they go, yeah. like, I'm not calling the police because I don't, because we know where this could where this can go. It's, you know, the first person they're going to blame is is me. Like, yeah, so this dude went to the managers, and then I'm sure they, they probably together called the police. Yeah. But, you know, the police will be like, why didn't you call? They go, why didn't you call this first? Shit like that, and it's like, because man, you know, oh, man, you know how this looks. You know how this looks. I mean, this is a. I don't know if this guy's black or not, but I'm saying still, he, he put, went in there. Put, put yourself in the yeah. Shoes. He put yeah, he you, put his hands on the dead woman's never, body. Would and, never. Yeah. Unless I walked in there and she was gasping for like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you could I like could try assist. to stop her from bleeding or something assist. like that, yeah. Yeah. Try to save her life, yeah. But you don't touch him, like grab. Try to I'm not disturbing a crime scene. Yeah. No. Yeah. So again, he immediately that found that she was dead. He went to the managers and they both called. And they both called the police. An autopsy was befo- performed the next morning. Fingernail scrapings and um, s- like saliva swabs mm-hmm. from maze. Not saliva swabs, but um, like swabs. a rape kit. Mm-hmm. Like swabs from rape yeah. kit. Um, was collected. The swab tested positive for semen. Mm. There were abrasions on maze neck, mm. bruises on her inner thighs, and lacerations of her fingernails. I'm sorry, her fingertips, lips, and nose. And blood and blood was also in her vagina, and a hemorrhage within her cervix. Oh, so this dude was violent, violent, yeah, violent. Oh, they said May was wearing a blue blouse, which was also blood stained, completely blood stained. Mm. Does it say like her cause of death was it strangulation? Yes. Oh, okay. yeah. Yep. The medical experts at the trial all agreed that she had been manually strangled to death. An expert for the state testified that May had suffered forceful. Traumatic sexual penetration mm. not long before her death. So this dude violently assaulted violently assault, sexually assaulted her and strangled her. Yeah. So almost twelve years later, so they didn't have a anything, lead, a lead, anything. Twelve over a decade. Detective David Jenkins took over the investigation of the case and requested DNA testing of the evidence. Police had taken a blood sample from Mac in nineteen ninety four. Right? Yes. In February 2001, mm-hmm. Jenkins also obtained a saliva sample from Mac. In prison? Yeah. Mm. Um, from Mac when he was in, you know, while he was in prison. So a criminalist of the, of the Washoe County Sheriff testified that the semen taken from May's body and blood stains on her blouse matches Mac's DNA profile. Mm. The blood and tissue found under May's fingertips was consistent with Mac's DNA as well. And that, I feel like that... I know these women or, you know, whoever the victim is in that case is fighting for them for their lives. But it's like just them, them, them doing that. You left, you left, you left the trail. You left the trail. You you helped some kind of way to just kind of solve, you know, to to solve that, that case. Yeah. And her scratching and clawing, trying to survive. Yeah. Helped to catch this guy. Even though he was already caught, he was already in prison for murdering another woman. And this is also early. It's crazy. I want. I would like to. I'm gonna do some research after this about like how often this happens today, where you go into a person's jail cell and you go, "We just want to run some DNA, yeah, to to match it to some other stuff, yeah." Like I feel like today people would be like, "Fuck no," like because if you know you did something like that, you know what DNA is today, right? But in 2000, you might be like, "Oh, okay, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, can I get some extra snacks or whatever type of shit you might ask for because you don't even know what DNA is, right?" 
But I feel like now people know what DNA is. So if somebody comes in there and is like, can we swab your mouth so we can do like, yeah, no, yeah, 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 no, you yeah. can't. Because there's a chance. I'm serving life, but I get the possibility of parole in 20 years. I, I, think, I, could, I think I could get out. Why do you get to ask him? Fuck that. Go in there and hold him down. Or that should be like a, that's you not have to like a requirement when you go in. That's, that might be the case. Yeah. Like they might swab you down when you like go and they like do intake. Yeah. They might. I don't know. I feel like that should be like. Put the DNA on file. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that would make sense when they when they when they they check you in, swab you, and then just put it in the file. So the state charged Mac with first degree murder of May with deliberation and premeditation, and or during the uh, perpetration and attempted perpetration of sexual assault. The state sought the death penalty, Mm. alleging two aggravating circumstances. Mac committed the murder while under sentence of imprisonment, and he committed the murder while committing. Or fleeing after committing a sexual assault, a sexual assault. This time, the state of Nevada sought the death penalty. So the first time, they just gave him life with yeah. no parole. Now it's like, nah, we got him on something else. Let's try to get the death penalty. So before his trial, Mac requested to waive a jury trial and have a judge a judge trial instead. Mac was tried by three judge panel and was sentenced to death <laughs> on May fifteenth, thousand two. But he continued to deny murdering May. That's an interesting um, strategy. Yeah. I understand why he did it, but for that to be the outcome, it's like that probably would have been the outcome. <laughs> Honestly, he might have even anyway. had a better chance convincing the jury to like just, I don't know, give him more lives. You know, I don't know. He but that. If the judge, if the judges th- uh, gave him that, then I would imagine the jury would. But probably. I think he thought like that would take emotion out of it and he'd have a better chance of like just somebody being you know, by the book and not emotional. And you think somebody presented that to him or he was like, I feel like somebody I saw it somewhere and nah, I think we this should is, This is like, um, think so? they call it like a jailhouse lawyer. Like there's like a term for it. Mm. That's, I think, I think Darrell Brooks, the guy I keep bringing up for the last couple of day episodes is, I think he was a victim of that. I think he met somebody in prison that was like, you know, you, you could do, do the sovereign citizen defense and just go in there and say this. And they just told him a couple of phrases to say. Yeah. Cause you could tell it, like he didn't really believe it. It was new. But he was trying it. And this might have been, somebody might have been like, yeah, man, a jury, rape and all this stuff, man. You know, you, you, what if there's a bunch of women on the jury? You're definitely going to get uh, the death penalty. You should ask for a trial by judge, which I don't even, I don't even, I didn't know that was a thing, honestly, until yeah. just now. Like, that sounds got, like that. The judge, like, a, like it's only the judge's responsibility. Only the judge, Judge Judy? Or not Judge I mean, that's, that's like trial by show? judge. What? And usually it's like three judges up there. Is that how it works? Is it actually like three judges? I don't know the show. Are you talking about, are you talking about America's Got Talent? No. That judge, judge. It's, it's just Judy's show. That was a good joke, but uh, no, what, what was your, what was, no, I didn't get it. It was just Judy's show. <laughs> it's where it's three judges. It's three judges up there, yeah. and they all are judging if they you're guilty like, or something. Yeah, they go in there with some petty. Oh, still my like small cars, small claims court. Small, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small claims court, and they go up there and they talk. Well, that yeah. sounds like what it is like a judge tribunal is what he went before, like three judges. Yeah, and they sentenced him to death. Ain't he try, man? You never know. It was you an interesting legal it. strategy. I'm always interested in people trying something different. You never watched Game of Thrones, but Tyrion Lannister knew he wasn't going to get a fair trial because they, they accused him of killing the king. So he asked for a trial by combat. And he's a little person. Is that like fight? Yeah, it's like, if I win the fight, I'm not guilty. It's like not really, that's not good law because yeah. you could be guilty and just be have hands. Any laws? Well, I don't, don't want to spoil it, but like. I'm not going to. Oh, you're not for me. The, on, yeah, but you. the point is like he's, he was a little person. Okay. So when he asked for a trial by combat, everybody was like, he's going to die. Like, yeah. whoever you put him up against, he's a little person. So he's going to lose. 
So the whole crowd went, they all were shocked and everything like that, but he found a way around it. Shout out to Tyrion Lannister. Move on. You can continue. Sorry. Oh, so he didn't die? No, he didn't die. Oh, okay. Why didn't you say that? Well, because he didn't fight. It's like complicated. It's not. Oh, it's so it, it wasn't a thing. No, they, they, didn't, they didn't fought. Somebody it. fought for him. It just wasn't him. No, it wasn't him. Oh, okay. That would have been entertaining, though. It was very entertaining. I'm talking about what? Oh, if him. He, he <laughs> move on. It's a show, man. I got you, man. Continue. Shout out to Peter Dinklage. Continue your story. Thank but you. I'm t- but it's a, I'm not talking about him in real life. I got what you're saying. But I'm, it's <laughs> <laughs> hey, <show>. man. <laughs> finish, your st- finish your story. Thank you. All right. So not long after his death sentence, Mac voluntarily gave up all his appeals. He refused to give to give any interviews in the media while awaiting execution. Mm. And he had said in court statements that he would rather be executed than spend the rest of his life in prison, which he was already doing that. Yeah. So now, now you think you now I was like, I I rather I be wanted executed. this anyway. <laughs> rather be executed. Okay, man. Than to save for the rest of my life. Sure. So his execution was originally scheduled to be carried out on March fifth of two thousand four, but it was put on hold until the court resolved his legal appeals. So it was then rescheduled to be carried out on December first of two thousand five, mm. but was stayed by the Supreme Court of Nevada. The stay was lifted. In February 2006, and Mac was rescheduled for execution on April 26, 2006. So on April 26, 2006, Mac was executed um, via lethal injection in Nevada State Prison. While in prison, he converted to Islam, spent his final hours reading the, what is it called? The, the Quran? The Quran. The, is, is, it a, is, it, is that the name for, for the Bible? It's their Bible, It's yeah. their Bible, yeah. Sure. Okay, the Quran. So his last their meal, his oh, yeah. last meal was a uh, fish fillet sandwich. From McDonald's. I don't know. It's from McDonald's. <laughs> wow. The f- a fish fillet. Those are simple things, man. Fish fillet it's sandwich. It's a very simple thing. It might have been. It might have been. What uh, else would it, it be? That's, been that's, that's, that's the McDonald's. It would have just said a fish sandwich. Called some, I don't fish know, fillet man. sandwich is a McDonald's. On, uh, okay, no. I guess a filet fish is McDonald's. Exactly. Filet fish. I guess all fish sandwiches. Is, you, there's a fish fillet on it. Yes. There's a fish fillet on it. Yeah, but it, he did get French fries and the soft drinks. <laughs> <laughs> he got a fish. He got a filet fish meal, man. That's 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 pretty low vibrations, man. That's a low vibrational last meal. I, I don't. Plus, I don't approve. It's a nice little a nice little dab with some tartar sauce. First of oh, all, those man. things are oozing with tartar sauce. No. E- either they're oozing no, or, no, they, or they skimp. It's nothing in between. No. I've never just gotten the perfect amount of tartar sauce on the filet no, fish. No, they barely give you any. But if you ask for extra tartar sauce, then they have they it give you seeping out the side. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't ever hit the balance. It's never uh, the uh, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. No. There's no just right amount of tartar no. sauce on the filet fish. It's either way too much or it's none. Yeah. Pretty much barren. Then you got to go and put mayonnaise on it. Mayonnaise? Yeah, because you got to put some kind of condiment on it. You can't just have that little dab of... Tartar sauce, so I go home and if it, if they ever skimped on me, I go home and put my own my own condiment. When last time you had one? Oh, it's been years. Oh, I didn't see that last week. No, nah, I got respect for myself. I haven't <laughs> had a filet fish sandwich in many years. Filet fish. Probably I was like twenty. So you had a fish filet sandwich, with French fries, With the fries, and a soft and a drink. drink. That's, that's McDonald's. That's McDonald's. That's a little coke. That's a McDonald's combo. It is. That's a McDonald's is. combo. That's that. Yeah. Come on, bro. I'm gonna give him a little more respect now. I don't think I don't think it was McDonald's. What do you think? Where else can you get a good fish? Long John Silver's. <laughs> <laughs> That might be worse. This, that might be worse. <laughs> is this the a open? fast food seafood restaurant is the craziest shit. You eating clams at a fast food place? Like the shit they sell is crazy. Fried oysters. Like this is a fast food restaurant. Is it still open? There's some Long John Silver's is out it? there in the world. Yes, yeah, definitely. Most of the time they combo. Like it's a Long John Silver's and an A and W restaurant. It's always a. That's it. They make root beer. 
Yeah, but they also have like chili dogs. <laughs> no, it's a sick. It's a sick combination to go into the combination restaurant. That's the whole thing. That's a good. I don't even want to get into it. But every Long John Silver's I ever seen is like so it's uh, connected to like it's, it's a Taco Bell too, and it's two menu. It's two drive throughs So if you drive to one. The one the, you got to drive to the right thing to be like I want Long John Silver's yeah. not Taco Bell. They got one out here is like a it's like a McDonald's and a Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I never noticed that just now. No Long John Silver's I never seen a standalone Long John, Long John Silver's always in Long John Silver's and uh, like Baskin Robbins next. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> y'all sharing the same. If you, listen, you try to cut down on the rent. This you can't be. I don't want the long the popcorn shrimp and the the ice cream machine next to each other. <laughs> this is too much cross. T- yeah, but you gotta travel though. You're talking about two birds and one stone. Like, True, but going, if you, you eat, eat popcorn nice, shrimp from a fast food place, nice seafood, and a, nice and seafood a, dinner, and, and then a, you gonna get some ice cream and a blizzard. Yeah, you gonna go blizzard and popcorn shrimp. Your shit is jumping all night, bro. <laughs> your stomach is doing somersaults. Fast food seafood is crazy. Yeah, man. He got his he got his fish fillet, French fries, and soft drink from uh, Long John Silver's. Uh. So he was pronounced dead at 9.06 p.m. From the food. <laughs> From the food. <laughs> Man. <laughs> they came like, all right, you motherfucker, go to... And he's just dead on he's the dead. Dead. Least, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So death, he pronounced... Death by filet. Yeah. He, <laughs> he was pronounced dead at 9.06 p.m. And his final words were, were uh, Allah is great. Allah is great. Uh, so Mac is the first and only African-American man to be executed by the state of Nevada since capital punishment was reinstated in 1976. Mm. He's also the first and only inmate to be executed in Nevada based solely on DNA evidence. Mm. Due to the due to uh, budgetary reasons, Nevada state prison closed in 2012, officially making Mac the last person to be executed in Nevada state prison. Mm. I could never understand about prison closing. Is it just? They is probably it just built a a, a, a new more one? profitable prison, like a private prison. Okay, so it wasn't like just like an old. Prison. It wasn't financial but reasons where they was like, we can't, we can't. The financial reasons in the sense that they pro- they weren't making as much money as they could be. They making. could be okay. probably like I'm talking a about bigger like prison just, with more beds in it, so you can make more money. I'm looking at it as like they just like we don't got enough. We can't turn. We just can't survive. AC like it's here. a summer camp. Yeah. Man, how are we, we gonna make it through the summer? Gotta send all these kids home. Yeah, it's like heavyweights. That movie, heavyweights. It's like we gotta sell. The, we have to sell the prison to some other guy so he can make it the prison run better. I, I want to know how do you become a warden though. Ah, I feel like you're. You let me make this up. I'm like, let me like let me make this up on the spot. But I okay. feel like it, I might be close. I feel like you're like the lead, like the one of the top corrections officers, and then you like so it's not apply. like a, it's not a political type of. No, I'm saying like I, th- I think it probably is like a, some voting. Okay, I think maybe the other corrections officers maybe vote you to be a warden. Okay, but maybe not. I don't know, because like, what happens when a warden retires? Do they ship a new warden from another prison? You can't buy a prison. You can't uh, just well, like, no, there are private prisons. So yes, private prison. Okay, so you can. Yeah, you can buy a prison, but I don't know if that makes you the warden. Mm. You just, you just. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, like if you buy a prison, you aren't there on the day to day. It's not like buying a, a you know, a, a franchise. Like, yeah. Like buying a Seven Eleven. Like, you buy it and then somebody else runs it. You just make the money in the shadows. But there's people that do that. Yeah, private prisons they just own them. most. Oh yeah, private. Yeah, private yeah, prisons yeah, are yeah, private yeah, these yeah. days. Yeah. But can you like build a prison to be like, oh, this is a good investment? Yes. You can do that, but it costs a lot of money, and you have to have like ties in with the states because you're dealing mm. with you're dealing with the political system of the state. So like, yeah, you you do have to. You you can buy one, but you have to have like the political clout and the financial clout. It's multi million dollar. I wonder if it's like a good investment though. Probably, I mean, people are doing it. 
Mm. Yeah, they make. I mean, you know, that's interesting. People, crime is not going out of business. That's true. So yeah, I mean, I would imagine it's a good investment, but it's not like a five thousand dollars. You you yeah. like millions of dollars. Yeah, like, this, yeah, is yeah. Not, this is not chump change. Yeah, man. I just yeah. So um, again, um, that was the story of Daryl Lenny Mack, mm. who was Piece the last shit. person, first African American, the last to be executed in Nevada, in Nevada State Prison. In Nevada State Prison. Um, what was we talking about? Just prisons, right? Yeah. I'm trying to think. So you can't. So you can buy. Please, and if if I'm saying anything wrong, which I definitely am, because I don't know any. Let me just put a little disclaimer here, friend. I don't know shit. I'm dumb as fuck. So I'm probably saying a bunch of shit wrong. Yeah. I don't know how wardens work, but anything that I'm friends asking me, if you know it, send, hit us up on Facebook or whatever. But go ahead. I'm just I'm just curious on like how prisons are now. As far as what? As far as like what can they, they can't do in prison. Like the the like people? people, yeah, the, the inmates. As far I as saw, do you make an egg sandwich? Oh yeah, I mean the prisoners outnumber the guards, so I mean what, a lot of times what they do is they appoint uh, like 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 um wing like wing presidents, like they'll make a prisoner mm, okay. kind of like the boss, yeah, and just like hey man, we come to you to make sure like there's no wars or nothing like that. We just deal with you because it's like if it's twenty prisoners to every one. Uh, Corrections officer, if they really wanted to take the prison over, they, they could. could. I just, it's just, it's fascinating how. So yeah, they're in there doing all kinds of shit. Yeah, I don't get off topic, but it's fascinating how some of these the inmates that I see on these videos are like, some of them are really like educated, like yeah. intelligent. They like make a fire resor- out of like, resource, bottle, resourceful. And, like, yeah, yeah, and it's like boom, make a fire. It's like yeah, if you put this much effort in doing that, you know how much, you know how far you could have went. That's the sad part, bro. When you can combine street smarts and book smarts, I think you are the most unstoppable thing on the planet. Yeah, but a lot I of people. That think that they can just get by on the street smarts and almost disregard book smarts. And a lot of times those people end up in prison. Yeah. That's fortunate. Because you think think you're smarter than this system that has been catching and feeding on bodies for generations. You're not going to outsmart the political. Some people do. One, you know, every every once in a while it's a fascinating, brilliant person who just is just unique enough. But just being a little smarter than average, you're not going to beat the judicial system that's built to catch bodies and put them in prisons and, and, and feed on them and exploit them for labor. Yeah. You're not going to beat that system. But a lot of people think they can. They're like, I'm smarter than them. They're not going to catch me. I know I get in that interrogation room. Don't say anything. Da, 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 da. Boom. And then, they get, and then they're wrong. And then you see people in fucking prison being engineers, yeah. frying fish in, with a pot and uh, two rubber bands and yeah, man. Uh, some ice cubes. You're like, what the fuck? All creative, fascinating. Yeah, wild stuff, man. But um, rest in peace to the victims in your stories. Um, pimping is just disgusting. And yeah, legalized sex work, man. But what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's my turn to get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right, and we are back. Fran, my affirmative murder this week is the story of Trisha Todd. Okay. So buckle up for this one. This one is uh, a sad one. Um, so on April 26, 2016, Trisha Todd and her ex-husband, Stephen Williams, spent a Tuesday afternoon co-parenting their two-year-old daughter, Faith. Although their marriage had come to an end 11, uh, after 11 years, the two remained amicable, not only for the sake of their child, but because the pair had known each other since they were children themselves. After the couple split... Trisha moved to Hope Sound, Florida with baby Faith. She had family in the area for support, and she planned on becoming a registered nurse, but got a job in hospice in the meantime. 
Trisha had custody of Faith, but Stephen had an open-ended visitation set up. So uh, because he was in the Air Force, his visitation schedule was pretty up in the air. Um, so he was in town visiting one week on the, on the week of April 26th in 2016. And so he drove down from his base in North Carolina and rented an Airbnb. Trisha ended up leaving baby Faith with Stephen on that evening of April 26th. The following day, Trisha didn't show up to retrieve baby Faith from her babysitter, which was something that was far beyond the scope of her character. Yeah. So automa- automatically people were like, what the hell? Something was bad. anybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something bad happened. So uh, her family went by her house to check on her, but Trisha was nowhere to be found. Her car was outside of the home, but not parked where it typically would be found. Mm. Her purse was found inside the car as well. And inside the house, there were still lights on and groceries that hadn't been put away. So it appeared that whatever Trisha had gone to do, it wasn't planned. A missing persons report was filed. Police discovered security footage from the 26th of Trisha grocery shopping. The items that she bought on that trip were the same items that were found in the home, not fully put away. So it's like she went, she clearly went to the grocery store, came home, started putting the groceries away and something called her out of the home. And now she's gone. Yeah, man. Footage, footage of like seeing footage of somebody before like we know what happened. Yeah. Is terrifying. Yeah. Especially when it's so innocuous, like there's nothing happening. Yeah. Like somebody's just grocery shopping and you're like, wait, this person's gone. But you see them walking down aisles being like, doopy doopy doo, yeah. soup and doop. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this person looks like they didn't they don't look nervous. They don't look like something is like a urgent. Yeah. Right. So why are they gone? So it's very, yeah, it's very eerie to see stuff like that. So a neighbor witnessed Trisha leave her home on the evening of April 26th, and her phone records indicated that she had been at the Airbnb with Stephen. While Stephen confirmed this to be the case, he said Trisha left after a while. He told authorities Trisha was supposed to pick Faith up the following morning, but when she didn't show up, he took it upon himself to drop. I'm keep saying, I keep thinking I'm saying Faith when I'm saying Trisha. So if I if I am, I'm, I'm my apologies. Faith is the child. Trisha's the the woman in question. So anyway, Trisha was supposed to pick Faith up. And when she didn't the next morning, Stephen says, well, you know, Faith had to be at her babysitter's appointment and I had to work. Mm -hmm. So I took her to the babysitter and then I went to work. Yeah. Because 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 Trisha didn't show up. He claimed to have no idea where Trisha could be, but confirmed that she would sometimes go out, go out walking alone to connect with God. She apparently would always do this by herself, and this is a story that was confirmed by her family. So while that sounds crazy okay. and, and, and sketchy that a dude would just be like, yeah, I don't know where she is, but like she always just goes off into the, like the woods by herself. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that could be it, to, to talk to God. Yeah. But her family confirmed that this is, in fact, something that she does. Mm, okay. So police discovered that a route along the beach is where she would most often do her walks. And they found a man on that same pathway that she had spoken that had spoken to her the last time she was seen. The man was quickly ruled out as a suspect as the night that Trisha went missing. The man could be seen on the beach via security footage watching turtles lay eggs. All right. So they 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 saw a guy on the route that she that she would walk on to, you know, get her solitude or whatever. They talked to him, probably thought he was a suspect because he's like the last person that saw her alive. Yeah. But they could find he had an alibi. Yeah. Is that he was on the beach watching turtles lay eggs on the beach. I'm still going to be thinking about the groceries that wasn't put away. For her to go on, on a walk and not get that done first. Well, we don't know if that's... 
what she would did. It's just something that she would do. And it doesn't necessarily mean that she didn't do that, then come home and then go do something else. So she did go on a walk, but before it doesn't necessarily mean to, that she oh, went okay. on the walk After, from home, yeah, like yeah. before putting the groceries away. Right. Something so before has to be before. Okay. Yeah. If we're going off of that, this is not what she, the last thing that she did, then she would have gone on the walk, then gone to the grocery store, then right. come home, right. then something gotcha. else caught her. Yeah, yeah. They looked into some other possible lovers and close friends of Trisha, but weren't able to connect any dots. As police continued digging through Trisha's personal belongings, they discovered passages from a journal that revealed the dark reality that even her family was unaware of. It appeared that while Stephen and Trisha on the surface were rocking the co-parent lifestyle and amicably divorced, this was actually a facade, and Stephen had a nasty side that only Trisha got to see. Mm. Uh According to Trisha's journal, Stephen had abused her in the past, even going as far as kicking her in the stomach while she was pregnant. Mm. With faith? With faith, yes. She stated in the same journal that she was actually terrified of Stephen. Stephen's own mother apparently revealed that Stephen hated Trisha and wanted her to disappear. Oh. Authorities now had a suspect and a motive in Stephen Williams, but they still needed evidence. What they found was security footage of Stephen driving both his and Trisha's car on the night she disappeared which would explain why her car was not where she normally would park it. Right, yep. Other footage also placed him near Trisha's home. So they have footage of him near her home, in her car. Her car is not parked where it normally is. Mm. And so, you know. Did they use cell phone? Uh, they used cell phone. Well, they used cell phone footage to prove that she was at his Airbnb that yeah. night. Yeah, but I'm but talking he, about he, he, No, I, I didn't read anything about oh, okay. cell phone footage. Um, um. But I'll get, not cell phone footage, cell phone triangulation, but I'll get to that. This thing gets deep. So it would make sense why that didn't come up. It could just be that I didn't find it when I was doing my research, but also just keep that in mind. So obviously um, now the evidence against him is mounting, so they bring him in for questioning. And after he was approached, Stephen obviously denied any knowledge of where Trisha could be found. But after further questioning, he admitted to knowing something. Although his story changed several times. But one thing that the officers could be could glean from Stephen and talking to him to be for sure, even though there was a lot of questions still, is that Trisha was dead. Based on, you know, they were getting a lot of cryptic things from him and cryptic answers and stuff. But one thing they, they could pull and extract from his the conversations with him is that he was saying she's not alive anymore. Mm. He probably was saying a lot of like she was and things like, you know, they could pick up on stuff like that. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, not you're saying is instead of was, or she did. Like, if you're speaking in past tense, it usually means yeah. that you know that they're not they alive. They don't even know they're doing that. Yeah. Just... And you're, because you're not supposed to know that. Yeah. I watched an interrogation video the other day where the, the dude was saying his, his mother in law got shot, but he's not supposed to know she got shot because he found her. His story was he found her and called the police. He found her, he found her dead and called the police and she was bleeding. But he's not supposed to know she was shot because they don't know that yet. But when he goes into the interrogation room, he's like, he tried to, he's trying to beat it. So in the interrogation room, he's trying to drop little hints. Like he's like, yeah, so I was shooting guns on Saturday. So, you know, in case you guys were to do like a swab or something like that, I might have some gunpowder. I was nervous because I don't know how long that stuff stays on your hands. Like he's kind of fishing. Like, yeah, you guys can't. He basically is saying like, you guys can't detect that, right? Can you detect gunpowder residue? But if you did find some on me, I was shooting guns on Saturday. Yeah. But he's not even supposed to know that she was shot. Right. So you're just giving. Why would you say that? Why would yeah. you say that? 
So he probably was doing some things like that. Stephen Williams was probably doing stuff like that mm. that they can pick up on. Like trying to get ahead of it, but it's like trying to get ahead yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah, trying to get ahead of it, trying to drop little hints or little things to explain things that they haven't even Making found yet. Guilty though. Exactly. So the focus shifted from a rescue operation to a recovery operation. Stephen initially claimed to have discovered Trisha. This this is crazy. He he initially claimed to have discovered Trisha dead and disposed of her body out of fear of being blamed. Keep in mind, I didn't mention this, but we talked about it briefly earlier. Uh, Stephen is black and Trisha's white, mm-hmm. but they were married. So, but. I, you know, I don't know if that's, they wasn't together anymore. They weren't together anymore. So obviously, outside of them being uh, in an interracial relationship, you are the number one suspect because you're the ex-husband. Yeah. But I don't know. That might this this what he just said is bullshit. But like we talked about it earlier, where it's yeah. like I don't know. Like I'm black. This white lady's dead. Like yeah. But you're the husband, man. So this isn't some stranger. Right. You're the number one right. suspect because you're the husband, Always. not because because you're black. Always. But it doesn't mean that that doesn't play a role. Right. It could obviously always play a role. Yeah. And so I just wanted to mention that. So like I said, he said he found her dead and then disposed of her because he didn't want to bl- be blamed, which is an interesting, uh, bad, it's a bad, it's a bad, it's a bad alibi or a bad um, cause, but it's, you know, that's what he said. So that was his initial claim. Um, and then he amended his story to that he accidentally killed her. But his final version of the story revealed just how deep Stephen's hatred toward Trisha had gotten. On the day of April 26th, Stephen hadn't just driven down for daddy duties. In fact, Stephen had driven down to Hope Sound with the intention of killing his ex-wife. That night when Trisha dropped Faith off, Stephen asked her to come back. When she returned to Stephen's Airbnb, he immediately knocked her unconscious. Mm. So in my painting of things, she's, she's, she, she drops Faith off, goes to the grocery store, mm-hmm. gets to her house, gets called by Steven to come back to the Airbnb. Maybe he even said like faith is sick or something like that. Yeah. You know, something where it's like, I'll, I'll handle the groceries when I come back. Mm. She leaves the groceries and the lights on, leaves in a hurry, goes to Steven's apartment or Airbnb. He attacks her immediately is when she comes into the door, knocks her unconscious. When she awoke, Steven was demanding the password to her email. You see, Stephen had planned to send everyone in her contacts an email stating that she was essentially abandoning her child and all her responsibilities. You know, he was, he was going to send an email from her email account saying like, hey, guys, I can't do this anymore. I'm out of here. I'm going to run away. Yep. That's and that would justify why she just disappeared. Yeah. Right. So that was his big plan. Trisha, terrified of the monster standing before her, began screaming. Stephen then punched her again with incredible mm. force. One of these devastating blows, whether it's the first one that knocked her out or the second one, led to Trisha's death because she died from blunt, blunt force trauma. Uh, like I said, Stephen's in the Air Force. He's probably in decent shape. He's, 30, he's 31 and she's 30 at the time. So these are young people. You know, Trisha also was in the, in the Air Force as well. That's where, that's where they met. But she All left. Right. All right. And, but he was still in the Air Force. So, yeah, uh, Trisha's now dead from blunt force trauma. And Stephen was fully prepared with a plan for his next steps. He had purchased a chainsaw and acid in North Carolina and had dug a hole in Hungryland Wildlife Reserve, which was about 25 minutes from Hope Sound. So he had done research on a Damn. big park with a lot of space and not a lot of yeah. people around, which, is, which, was, uh, which was the Hungryland Wildlife Reserve. He had a chainsaw and he had acid. So again, me because of me speaking on how he had this plan laid out, he could have been a, a person who took his battery out of his cell phone, 
left his cell phone at the Airbnb. So that might explain why there's no records, no, or that I didn't see any uh, mention of cell phone records of his. Because he might have thought, I have a brilliant plan, and I know that they can trace cell phones, so I'm not going to have my cell phone with me. Yeah. So that might explain that away. He also could, also, they could have just not put it in there. But I think that Chainsaw Acid mapped out a park nearby where he was going to premeditatedly kill his wife. I wouldn't be surprised if he knew to, to take your uh, battery out of your cell phone. So Stephen put Trisha's dead body in, the, in a trash bag and started to implement his perfect plan, which immediately fell apart. Stephen had planned on disposing of Trisha's body in her own car. But Trisha didn't have enough gas for the journey, so he had to stop at a gas station, which placed him on multiple security cameras yep. driving the vehicle of a missing woman. After fueling up, Stephen drove Trisha's body to the reserve. Using his brand new chainsaw, he removed Trisha's teeth mm. and fingertips as to make identification much more difficult or impossible. Wow. He then dismembered her and he placed her body parts in a tub filled with acid in an attempt to dissolve all traces of Trisha. Stephen. How did he deal with a chainsaw? A I don't teeth? know. I mean, I would, I would, he dismembered her, so I, he might have cut her jaw. He might have cut her jaw off. He have to. Yeah, I mean, he did some. He, yeah, it got, Jesus. It got really fucking gruesome. So Stephen listed desire for full custody of faith as well as financial reasons for his horrible and gruesome act. And I would assume that when he says financial reasons, he's referring to like alimony or child support or maybe mm. some combination of both. But not that that's a justification, but I'm just saying that's probably what he was referring to. Uh, he also stated that he was tired of Trisha disrespecting him. Uh, Stephen would eventually lead authorities to Hungry Land where he had buried the tub containing Trisha's body parts and in exchange for his cooperation, Stephen Williams received a lesser sentence of second-degree murder and was sentenced to 35 years in prison in 2016. In 2017, he was reprimanded for having ink cartridges uh, in his cell, which falls into the category of prison contraband. Mm. He is currently still serving his sentence in prison. Stephen was 31 years old at the time that he was sentenced, so is he, if he survives prison, he will be released in the year of 2051, at the age of 66 years old. Um, he left. 66? 66. That's it? That's it. I mean, and that's like, I don't think that they'll give him parole, but I mean, a second degree murder, so he might, probably has a possibility of parole. That's if he served his full sentence without parole, he still would get out and be 66 years old. So he has a lot of. How old was he when this happened? He was 31. This happened in 2016. So he got a 35 year sentence. He's 30. He's 31. 66. 2051. So, yeah, he left his daughter Faith without a mom or a dad, you know, but, you know, he he's still alive. He killed her mom. She'll never get to know her mom, and she'll never get to know her dad. So, again, when we go back all the way to the top of the show, you talk about ruining kids or giving them complexes and how your actions affect the future. Like, you're going to – you've now created this broken person. Hopefully that this, you know, this kid's like, I don't know, six now or something like that, eight, less than 11 years old. They're yeah. under 10 or maybe 10. And, you know, hopefully they're able to overcome this horrible, dark cloud that you've put on them. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's a long journey to be able to do that and that they don't figure that out until they're well in their 20s or 30s, maybe 40s, maybe never. Your dad killed your mom, disposed of her body. He's in prison for the, you know, the foreseeable future. And you just kind of have to learn to adapt, you know, adapt to that. So the actions of you affect your children. So, you know, get out when he's 60, 66. That's not old. That's not old. That's a lot of life left. Dang. You know? 
then Faith is going to have to decide if she wants to have a relationship with her father. You know, this this, this guy's going to, he's not done with his, like, tormenting people. Yeah. You know, he's going to get out of prison and probably want to, you know, go look his daughter up. You know, and she's going to be 2051. She was two and she was born in 2014. I don't know, man. He shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, he didn't just, like, just kill her with, like, a gun. No, he, no, he, he, he horribly, he butchered her. Yeah. He dismembered her. He tried to get, he tried to erase her. Completely. That's completely. Crazy. And so, yeah, he's going to get out and be 66 and he has life to live and he's in prison right now, but like, he's alive. Jeez. He gets to live. So, yeah. Yeah, really horrible story, but you know, it's caught me off guard and I felt like, you know, when we were talking about at the top of the show with that shooting in uh, Colorado and, you know, how that, that guy, that guy's 22 years old and. When I saw that video of his dad, it just made me think about, wow. So like, selfish, though, too. It's like Incredibly you, selfish. Money? You hate somebody that much that you want to get rid of. It's like, you also have a child that now doesn't have... Anybody. No parents? No parents. Like, yeah. That's crazy. And he, he thought he could get away with it. That's how narcissistic he is, that he thought he could get away with it. And the crazy part is, I think that had he not folded, he probably could have gotten away with it. Probably. They didn't have a body. He had to go take them to her body. Yeah. Rest in peace to Trisha Todd, man. You know, she's trying to have that second act. She got divorced and tried to, you know, start over. And again, you know, this is why I say all the time, you know, uh, I love that movie enough. Starring Jennifer Lopez. It really, you know, it really depicts this really in a, in a really like interesting way and captivating. And it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a, it's a, it's a good watch. One of Jennifer Lopez's best. Stat and Selena. Yeah. And I think that was peak cinema for J-Lo. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get into uh, these good vibes. Good, 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 good vibration. Fran, I believe it's my turn to uh, kick the good vibes off this week. Yep. And uh, I'm kicking things off with a group of friends who are nothing like you. Right, so this is a story of best Me? friend. What? Yeah, you'll get it. You'll understand in a second. This is a story of best friends who won the million dollar lottery and spread the wealth in the hometown to help others. So besties Joanne McQueen and Marlisa Marlisa Mercer won a million dollars playing the lottery and uh, immediately decided to keep the good vibes rolling by giving heaps and heaps of it away to the community. <laughs> Identifying several causes and charities in their hometown of Aurelia, 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 yeah, of Aurelia in the Canada province of Ontario. So they're Canadian. Um, they decided to give fat checks to local news reports. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. In, local, in the province of Ontario to give fat checks to local news reports at making a huge difference. Uh, first of all, McQueen describes the moment that she screamed her ticket at the at the Lotto Max machine at her neighborhood shoppers drug mart. There was no ring. There was there was no ring a ding a ding. Indeed, there was no there was no sounds at all. The screen simply read one million dollars and free and a, and a free play. She won a million dollars and she could have played again. Uh, she says she recalls being stunned and that she began to shake. It was pretty cool. She remembers what? I'm fucking. I'm like, but what do you, you? So you, I guess you have if you win you have to. I thought you had to like call somewhere. Well, first of all, this uh, is Canada lottery, so I don't even oh, yeah. know what they do. But, but that's I, I mean, think there's like a lottery machine inside of a, a, a like a that's grocery terrifying store. to me though. 
Yeah, everybody just sees. Yeah. People plotting immediately. Like, yeah, oh, immediately. But it's Canada, so they're probably like, oh, congratulations, bud. Okay. That's so great. Wow. Everybody's cl- they start clapping, you know. I'm like, we're in Baltimore, so I already know. If it's maybe, a ticket they give why. you, you're not making it to your car. No. No. Like, oh, man, damn, congratulations, man. People walk into your car with their arm around you, then you get robbed. Immediately. Yeah. Anyway, so she, like I said, she recalls being stunned and saying it was pretty cool. They know that they donated. I don't know how a friend comes into play. It sounds like Miss McQueen won this shit by herself, but that's that's Canada. I guess she's like, we won, buddy. Uh, they <laughs> donated varying amounts to places that McQueen's brother, who died recently due to alcoholism, might have might have accessed during his life, which included Soldiers Memorial Hospital, the Aurelia SPCA. And the Farley Foundation, an Ontario-based charity that helps low-income pet owners take care of their animals. That's really cool. Uh, they also donated to the Salvation Army, the Royal Canadian Legion, Poppy Campaign uh, in Aurelia, uh, Mariposa House Hospice, the Comfy Cat Shelter, they really like animals, and the Sharing Place Food Center, which helps the economically disadvantaged get access to nutrient-dense foods, fruits, and vegetables. That's really awesome because... Food deserts and, you know, people in uh, dire straits get shoved processed food in their face constantly, like the filet fish uh, um, uh, this, this is a quote that said, they are completely focused on how, they, how can they help to make the community a better place through this win. This is a quote from Chris Peacock, the executive director of The Sharing Place, uh, who told the local news that not many people win a million bucks and have the core goal of spending it on others and improving the community. That's awesome. Um, for the Comfy Cat Shelter, the $10,000 check they received was the fifth highest donation in this no-kill shelter's history. Uh, it covers our vet bills for October, and it gives, us the, it gives us more money for spay and neuters, said the shelter manager and founder, Barb McLeod. Who described it as a fantastic? Who described it as fantastic and bringing her to tears? Uh, Aurelia matters. Aurelia matters reports that the pair plan to split the remainder among their family and friends, as well as take care of some renovations. So yeah, they're they're gonna uh, they're blowing money fast over there, but in the for positive change, Fran. Not buying Lamborghinis and all the stuff you would do for yourself. Man, I'm immediately taking the flight. Happened on, happened on the jet, private Took jet. Where? A Go private on. jet. A private jet. Get my customized Lambo. <laughs> From <laughs> Italy? Yeah. Customized. <laughs> have a nice and then what? Fly back? Uh, and this was all engraved, all in seats and stuff. <laughs> man, it's living life, man. I guess, yeah. <laughs> Listen, a million dollars isn't what it used to be. I don't, that might be the That's whole enough to million. give me a Lamborghini. It is that. It is Paid that. off? It man. is that. It is that. You would pay off a Lamborghini? Cash. No, man, you lease it. Cash. Paid off cash. Lease it for what? Because why would you? It's going to depreciate in value, man. It's, it's a it's a Lamborghini that says Fran Sell Evans all over it. I know. It. It's going to be me. Who's so, gonna, who you going to sell it to? I'm not going to sell it to nobody. I'm going to keep it. <laughs> Forever. Yeah, it's passed down. Then the value go up. Then the value go up. Who? To who? Your family? As it gets older, yeah. Maximum. Like, oh, great. Thanks. So, a Lamborghini, I have to pay $6 million a month in uh, car insurance when I'm 16. Go. Oh, he wouldn't even get it when you, you, you keeping it. You give it to yeah. me at 40. Yeah. Pay the, you paid insurance off for the year. <laughs> oh, you think the million dollars still gonna be around when Max is sixteen? You living like this? <laughs> I'll make some investments. <laughs> like a Lamborghini. I might invest in Lamborghini. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, keep it going. Yeah, for sure. So my good vibe is: family swaps their mortgage for a motorhome mm. to travel USA 
and have no regrets while saving 18,000 wait I'm sorry 1800 a month Ooh. so an American family American family that decided to sell their house and travel the country in a motorhome mm-hmm. say they have no regrets and as well as saving 30,000 per year mm. um Ain't traveling. A little bit more than 30000 a year. I ain't traveling, too. Yeah. So after renovating a 300-square-foot motor home in mm. March of 2021, they hit the road, homeschooling their kids, mm. working remotely, and exploring the country. Like everybody is. Where is the job where you can, how, you can work remotely? Well, the pandemic, make, the pandemic changed things. Yeah, but it make, like, enough a money. decent salary. Well, yeah, that's true. But they clearly aren't making enough, or they, maybe even if they are, they found a way to really make their salary yeah, stretch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Know? That's true. So Jen Omahundro mm. and her husband Jr. made the leap from mortgage to motorhome after hearing a podcast about a family doing the same. Mm. What started as a pleasant day dream got serious after Jen was shocked that Jr. was was in on the big decision. Mm-hmm. So she probably just pitched it to him and he's like, "What do you think about we live in a bus?" He's yeah. like. Psh. Fuck it. Let's do it. Yeah, it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, well, I, thought was, <laughs> I thought you were going to call me crazy. Yep. So the family was talking about how incredible it would, it was and what the kids were then experiencing. Um, and she said, I thought it was, I thought it sounded like a, a unique and cool, but I never thought my husband would go for it. Mm-hmm. But he surprised me and said he would be up for it. We started re- researching how he go about how he'd go about it, and a week later, we put our house up for sale. So they got on it immediately. Yeah, trying to beat the first of the month. I don't, I don't pay that. I don't <laughs> want to pay mortgage <laughs> right. again. So that was that was in the mid 2020. Now the family have visited 36 states, mm. typically spending up to two weeks in each spot in wow. order to thoroughly experience the region. That's really cool. The family spent 314 thousand on their mor- on their motorhome. Yeah, spent an average of. Just under eight hundred on fuel a month, mm-hmm. and an average of fourteen fifty, one thousand four hundred fifty dollars on motorhome sites. Yes, which amounts around a thousand eight hundred fifty in savings per month mm. compared to mortgage payments and utilities. Yeah, cable. That's a nice gas little chunk of change, man. Yeah, man. Save. Uh, it's a, except that it's the non-monetary equations. That matter most, yeah. Like the opportunity to go zip lining mm-hmm. and foothills of Pikes Peak or kayaking in mangroves, all the while exposing their 14 year old daughter Kelsey and 10 year old son Lane to all kinds of real world experiences to match what they're learning. Yeah, that's where it's at. So that's, that's dope. That's where it's at. That's super like, dope. But that's really cool. Travel so the what, country? Yes, yeah, that's, that's, that's beautiful, man. Like a lot of people are living that hashtag van life. Yeah, and I and they, and they. I'm glad that you put that part in there because this is. I don't like coming across as the bougie guy on the podcast. Well, you are, but I'm not. Like I'm a super down to earth, humble guy, and I don't. I'm not that. But sometimes you know, I'm just saying sure. stuff, and it comes out that way. But anyway, they renovated that bus. They put three hundred thousand dollars. Call bus, man. It's motorhome. Whatever it is. Yeah. But they put $300,000 into it. Yeah. It's not like they just got a, a fucking piece of shit and just like, we're going to do it. It's like nice. So I could live that van life if it was one of these, like, sometimes you see like a converted school bus. Yeah. And it's like, it's That's got dope. wood paneling and a yeah. microwave and an oven and wa- running water and stuff. Then I could, I could do this. For I sure. could do it too. If I'm driving, I'm driving the country. Like yeah. Oh, I'll do that all day. But Absolutely. I need the but when I'm, it's time for me to lay my head down. It's gotta be, be like bad. a nice, yeah, I want to be like a nice yeah, yeah, yeah. place. I want to be a nice van. Or a nice bus 
or a nice RV. And, a, and in a nice RV, I could absolutely, I could do this. I could do van life. Yeah. Me yeah, too, man. Especially you saving fucking, you don't have to pay rent every month. Yeah. But that initial investment, I would need to invest in like a really nice. Yeah. I wonder if they die. Like Motorhome. The diet? Yeah. Well, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, you eating home cooked meals every night, I would imagine. Or, or you're not. because you got, got stoves in there? Yeah, stoves. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or you're not. You got enough money to eat out. But you're definitely eating a lot of home cooked meals. Out, these uh, strike me as people that eat like a raw diet. Man's? Oh. No, these people eat like, you know, make like carrot soup. Mm. Like these strike me as like healthy people. Yeah. I you know, living that like to, to earth life. They're living that earth life. Yeah. You know, being yes. very, they probably compost their, their banana peels and shit. So, yeah. But that's awesome though, man. But what do you like, do after you didn't travel to the country though? Do you just like go back to buy a house? I don't know. Maybe they settle down in the place they like the most. Hmm. That'd be cool. Yeah. Now you know for sure. Yeah. You're like, we're going to live in one of the Dakotas. They can go anywhere. They know if they, they like. White, so they oh, yeah. They can go wherever they want to. <laughs> yeah. They, they can, they'll fit in anywhere. Um, but yeah. Uh, Fran, any recommendations? Anything? You watch anything good lately? Nah. Not really. Been locked in. I'm watching some, but I'm not finished. I haven't finished watching it. I fell asleep. Okay. Did I watch anything recently that I enjoyed? We still haven't collectively seen Wakanda forever, so I'm not going to talk about it with you yet because we can't. Anything on? Anything new come out? Um, There's stuff on Netflix. Have I watched any of it, though? Ooh, I, tr- I tried to watch that show. There's a show called 1899 or 1890-something on uh, on Netflix. It's from the people that made uh, that time travel show or, like, um, Dark. I think it's from the people that made Dark. And I watched the first episode. It didn't really grab me. It kind of felt like Lost. It felt like the show Lost, where it's like, it's just going to be a bunch of questions and nothing's ever going to get answered. And then the ending of the episode, like, a little boy came out of a closet and he had a a, pier, a little toy pyramid and it just went off and there's beetles and the beetles are smart. Like, I don't know. It didn't grab me enough for me to watch another episode. I was kind of just like, oh, this is confusing and I don't want to watch this anymore. Yeah. So maybe I'll go back if somebody recommends it and tells me like, no, man, stick it out. I might go back. But for now, that was the most recent thing I can remember watching. And I was like, ah, meh, I'm, uh, I'm out on this. But uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of the only um, thing I've watched recently that's like new. That's the only new thing I've, I've dabbled into. Mm-hmm. Been kind of busy myself, but uh, yeah, hey man, whatever. Uh, it's the holiday season. <laughs> yeah. It's the holiday season, friends. So you be safe out there. It's I will. Cold is here, and um, yeah. Um, oh, oh, oh. Let me do. Let me do a little. Let me do a little call to action, friend. Let me do a little call to action because I, I saw somebody doing this, and you know, I, you know, we got a lot of cool, interesting uh, listeners out there. This will be my first Christmas in my place. By myself, and it's, it's, it's pretty, like, much, it's like a new place, pretty much. Like, there's nothing in here. And so I'm calling to the people out there around the country, if you uh, have, a, if you, like, have an interest in, like, knickknacks and things like that, I'm looking for cool stuff to decorate, you know? So I have shelves that don't have stuff in them. So if you have cool, I'm looking for, like, I'm not looking for a bunch of stuff like this, but, like, maybe somebody, if you see, like, an old vintage phone or something like that that I could put in shelves. If you have anything like that, our P.O. Box, P.O. Box, um, I don't even, I'm, it's going to be in We the- just run me. It will be a new P.O. Box number coming soon, because... Where we had it, I'm not there anymore. Oh, okay. and, and, I, and I'm tired of traveling there. Got so it. I got to get, okay, well, I'm getting a new one. Okay. Well, then I'll, Bef- I'll get it before Christmas. So I'll get a new one and I'll, I'll put it up on the Facebook page before Christmas. So I don't have to do a travel. I don't have to go somewhere. I don't Okay, like awesome. Going. That works for me. And so in the meantime, uh, the P.O. Box will be 
to be determined. Also, keep in mind, I'm not looking for junk. That's not what I'm asking for. I'm looking. I'm talking to people that are like, I'm not looking for you guys to just go to like a, a, a you know a salvage store and just pick up some trash. If you see some cool vintage <laughs> stuff out there that you think would look good in a sh- bookshelf or on a coffee table or a cool record or something like that, I'm just looking to just put some some life into my place. So you know, I, I know we have a lot of cool and eclectic listeners out there. If you you know if you see something that you think would look funky or cool and you know, uh, you know, uh, mid-century modern in a, in, a, in, a, in a place, send it to us. And Fran will get you that P.O. box and, you know, feel free to, you know, liven up our podcast studio and stuff. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so uh, Merry, uh, Merry uh, Holidays and Happy Christmas and um, Happy Kwanzaa and Happy Holidays and Happy uh, Hanukkah and all that stuff that's coming down the pipeline. And uh, I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace.